Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, welcome to the Climate Blue Podcast post-match reaction. It's 25 to midnight on a Wednesday evening and Aston Villa have beaten Manchester City at Villa Park to make it 14 home Premier League wins in a row. I'm Dan Robinson, your host for this evening's show, joined by Matt Kendrick. Matt, how are you? Just counting on 14. four Does that sound like 14? That's a big dub, isn't it? I think the kids say. It is. They, they say 14 big dubs, I think. Um, it's remarkable, Dan. It's absolutely, absolutely remarkable. Um, I've got to be careful to kind of come back down from this crest of a wave, but <laughs> at risk of getting carried away, that it might be the the best Villa team I've seen in my lifetime. Um, wow. And I, and as as regular listeners know, I was born in 1874. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's quite a boast. We were just fantastic. It would have broken my heart if we wouldn't have won that match today because we just deserved it so much. Um, We're the real deal, aren't we? We really are. Honestly, I cannot believe it. I think I was trying to think before we came on of like like good podcasts we've done over the years and there probably isn't many, is there? Um, you know what I mean? Like good results. I mean, of us talking about big wins and like the seven-two comes to mind. You mean James Rushton jumping on straight after that? You with a can of seven up, but we weren't there in the stadium. Where we were, we it was totally different. That obviously it was a great win, but a totally different experience. I genuinely can't think of a better time for us to be doing this kind of show with that kind of result. Just you know, when we say like, if you're going to beat Man City, you've got to be perfect. Players have got to be given ten out of tens. That's what it was. They were unbelievable. The best I've seen that that game was, I think, tonight. Um, the first half in particular, I tweeted. Uh, I actually tweeted what a scintillating game of football that was. And people were like, it was only halfway yet. And I actually meant half of football, but I was so excited. I, I forgot that crucial part of uh, the information. But it, that tweet held up at full time with the result uh, going our way in the end. I just can't quite get my head around what I've seen there tonight. Um, unbelievable. I um I don't know what what John Town and his player ratings look like tonight, but I couldn't I couldn't spot a weak link amongst them. No. I thought we were magnificent all across the pitch. Um, if I'm being hypercritical, there was a little spell, perhaps the first ten minutes of the second half, where I thought you've got to you've set your standards now. First half, you know you yeah. slip below it, and we're going to get done here. Um, but we made the treble winners, the reigning treble winners, look look bang average. Really, yeah. and they're not bang average, you know. And you can say that they've got a handful of players missing. Even their reserves will probably qualify for the Champions League. Um, so, don't underestimate what what a complete performance it was from us tonight. Um, I'm not even sure one nil even begins to do it justice. To be no, fair, no. Um, what a statement it is as well. And I'm not listen. I will calm down a bit. I've only got a cup of tea here, but um, I'm not saying we suddenly kind of in the title race and we're going to do this. is what you asked me on Monday. Yeah, I know. Um, Maybe ask ask me again after Saturday. But what a time to be alive, eh? Yeah, it's. I've said a few times when when you play somebody like this that go at them, make their lives difficult, don't give them too much respect. We know they're very good, but if you let them play their game... They'll, they'll destroy you because this is what the, these kind of teams do. And we got into it straight away. From, from the first couple of minutes, you, you could tell we were, we were up for it from the off. Everyone uh, everyone looked on it straight away. Um, sorry, by the way, I'm full of snot. I keep wiping my nose. Um, just, yeah, just one of, those, one of those performances where everyone's putting in 10 out of 10s. I have seen John's player ratings and there's a couple of 8s and a couple of 9s in there. So I think he's been far too harsh, to be honest. I think Bubakar Kamara got an 8 and he was possibly one of, well, I say one of my man of the matches. There was, there was so many you could pick from. Um, but that's what you need. If you're going to go up against the top side, you've got to go at them and make their lives difficult. And sometimes they can crumble. 
And that's what they did tonight, Man City. They, they looked uncomfortable in a way that I've not seen Pep Guardiola's Manchester City look uncomfortable before. And I don't want this to go down as I don't think it will in the kind of like national media that this was an off day for Man City or they, they just looked you know, a bad day at the office. We made them look rubbish. We made it uncomfortable for them. That was Villa being very good, not Manchester, not Manchester City being very bad as much as they, they weren't great. We made them that way. This wasn't just an off day for them or players missing. Like you said, it's still a very, very good side. I'm just wondering, you know, I know I'm kind of your boss and John's boss. So I wonder, is 10 enough for player ratings anymore? Do we need to mark out more than 10 <laughs> going forward? Yeah. Um, it's interesting, you know, because I was thinking on the way back to the car, I was thinking, I wonder what Mikel Arteta and, and Arsenal players and Arsenal fans will think of this. Well, they'll obviously be buzzing, I think, because... Man City are clearly, clearly their 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 main rival for the title, uh, or they were. Will they be pleased that you know their last minute winner last night has now given them this cushion ahead of a a big run of festive fixtures, or will they be thinking, actually, <laughs> we don't fa- I don't fancy going there. I yeah. don't fancy going there on Saturday tea time. We've seen what the atmosphere like. We've we've seen the intensity that 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 team can play with. We've seen how the quality that that team can play with. I think mm-hmm. they'll have. You know, as much as that's a win for them in the in the title race, I just think if we're anything like that, if we're anything like that on on Saturday, we'll roll over Arsenal as well. Yeah. You know, I'm not just saying that that will naturally come because that would have taken a lot out of us this evening. Um, but honestly, Dan, I can't. I'm, I'm trying to kind of hark back to to some of the areas of all that I've seen and obviously we're still waiting for for Emery to really put the seal on this by taking us into the Champions League for the first time since it's become the current yeah. form by winning a trophy whether that's a domestic or, or a European trophy so we still need him to kind of you know put that put that kind of flourish on it but some of the football that we're playing I don't think I've seen it matched to be honest and yeah. you know Big Ron, we've talked about that was quite a swashbuckling era. I think it's surpassing that, uh, and I know that's kind of thirty years ago. My memory's beginning beginning to fade a little bit, but it's just the man. What kind of what kind of voodoo magic are we witnessing? Do you know what I mean? The, the man's the man's a miracle worker, given what he's inherited and what he's turned in, into. I just thought looking at looking at Yuri Tielemans tonight. You know, two or three months ago, I didn't think he was fit enough to get around the pitch. Uh, and um, I think it was the, the fella next to me kind of described him as um, a kind of right-footed John McGinn today because of the you know the the energy that he was the energy mm. that he was putting in. Uh, you know he's played the best part of kind of eighty minutes or more at that match at high intensity. Um, has got around the pitch, has used the ball wisely, um, and we could go through the team. Like you said, Kamara was was brilliant. Uh, mm. I think possibly. I mean, Louise was brilliant again, but I think Kamara and and Tielemans kind of stepped up to match the yes, kind of in yeah. Louise level. And when you've yeah. got that happening across midfield, you've got you know the world's number one goalkeeper who is alert at the biggest, most crucial moments. Um, That's, it's unbelievable. Honestly, I could just reel them all off, Dan. They just it was just it was mind blowing. So good, so brilliant. As much as we say like we've made Man City look pretty ordinary, they had two shots in that game, and they were the, the two from Harlem, that double save from Martinez on the eleventh minute or something. So and again, people make of stats what they will by XG. After the eleventh minute, Man City had, had zero XG throughout the rest of the game. They didn't create a single opportunity to score after the eleventh minute from that double save. That's a, such a crucial moment during the game for Martinez. The first save is brilliant. The second one is even better, and that's why you know we think he's the best goalkeeper in, in the league, the best goalkeeper in the world. That keeps you in the game. But the energy throughout the whole team was was unmatched. Man City couldn't as much as as talent they've got and how many wages those players will get and how many transfer fees that, that Man City have spent to build that team or man, they're missing players but they spent a hell of a lot they couldn't match what Villa had tonight in terms of um, endeavour or work rate or whatever everyone was absolutely on it and I think we've said this a million times before somebody that deserves the praise John McGinn when he plays well Villa play well and it's simple as that and I thought he was excellent tonight one of the, his best performances for us as well I think I can't I can't believe how he was brilliant second half and I think but that first half 
I think you know, kind of poor poor Rico Lewis has been has been absolutely owned and bullied. And I know he's only a kid, and I'm sure he's going to go on. He's already a really talented kid. I'm sure he's going to go on to be a, a really really brilliant a brilliant footballer. But McGinn bullied him physically. He actually kind of outpaced him and outrun him in, in terms yeah. of energy. Um, and the thing, the thing that struck me about McGinn, and I'm sure I've noticed this before, whether I've mentioned it before, is he operates at a million miles an hour. His body, his legs <laughs> move at a million miles an hour. But his mind has this really brilliant way of slowing down during the course yeah. of this frenetic movement to actually stop and think a couple of steps ahead. Yeah. I've never known any anybody like he's like a whirling dervish, but he can actually almost have an out of body experience that he can still, even if he's spinning around like a madman, he can still see a pass <laughs> at the corner yeah, of his yeah, eye yeah. and execute it. And I think, just I think to say you can say that about a lot of the players. I think I mean it's still only just over a year of Unai Emery, really. Um they, they just know what they're doing, don't they? The players, they know exactly what, what game plan they've got to carry out. They understand what is being asked of them. And, and on nights like tonight, you see that in full flow, that everyone knows what job they've got to do and, and carries it out to a, a 10 out of 10. We spoke on Monday in our big kind of debrief podcast about Esri Contra at right back and whether that's the right choice, or get, whether Diego Carlos should, should not really be playing in the side. Unbelievable, those two. I've said unbelievable a lot tonight, but it does feel like that. We kind of pinch yourself with dreaming. Everyone to a man, absolutely excellent. I thought the whole defence was great, but Contra on that right-hand side, uh, Carlos having the physicality to be in there to match up with Haaland. You know, we saw Tara Mings, didn't we, last season, kind of be one of the only defenders to, to keep Haaland quiet. And you worried that without his physical presence, who's going to do that job for Villa tonight? And up steps Diego Carlos out of nowhere. Pau Torres, excellent on the ball. I mean, we did our combined 11 with Man City either this morning or yesterday. Pau Torres could play for Man City easily, comfortably, playing exactly the same kind of football they do. And Luca Dean, somebody that, you know, we could, we'd, in the summer we'd have gone, I'll get rid of him, he's not, good, he's not as good as Moreno. Moreno's fit and, and, and ready now and available to go and Luca Dean is still playing, still putting in unbelievable performances, kind of going under the radar a little bit of how good he's been. And everyone in that team, I mean, we've pretty much listed everyone there besides the forward players, was just perfect and that's what you need to beat Manchester City, and that's what they were. Have you ever seen? Um, have you ever seen grown-ups take part in a game of pass the parcel? <laughs> no, that's not. I'm sure I will one day. You will do eventually. But if you've got loads of kids playing pass the parcel, they they pass it really, really fast, really rushed because they want to get back to their turn by the time the music stops. We've got like the grown-ups and the dads playing pass the parcel because they're so calm passing it. You know what I mean? They're, they're just almost, and it's 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 classic Emmy Emmy Martinez in terms of slowing it down and frustrating. Uh, a dad playing, I'll force this analogy as far as I possibly can. A dad playing pass the parcel will hold on to it as long as he possibly can because he want to annoy the kids around him. And I think that's what our defence does now so well. I mean, we we're using that ball across the back five if you including Martinez into, and we don't panic anymore as fans. We don't panic. We're like. Yeah, yeah. They've got this. They'll do this. And to do that against, like I said, the reigning Premier League champ- champions, the, you know, the, I forgot what they won. <laughs> FA, it was FA Cup, wasn't it? Was it FA, FA Cup, Cup, yeah. FA Cup League and, um, and, and, and Champions League. To do that takes a hell of a lot of bravery. It takes a yeah, lot yeah, of com- yeah. confidence in your ability. It takes a lot of confidence in each other. Um, and that's why we've got a magic man who's able to instill that in in a record record time, really. Mm. Let's talk about the forward line as well. Um, Leon Bailey, of course, uh, starts something we've talked about. Maybe he's better off the bench. Maybe he's better as an impact sub. Again, like uh, like McGinn and like a few players, to be fair. That's probably Bailey's best uh, match in a Villa shirt for us, I think. Uh, I think that's probably quite safe to say, in fact. DRB, someone you bring off the bench at 75 minutes or whatever it is, apply of his talent to try to just you know keep it going is unbelievably uh, mad. Bailey, very, very good. Uh, who's off the left-hand side? Oh, Tealons, of course. Obviously, he's playing, isn't he? And McGinn and, uh, and what's his face, Bailey. Ollie Watkins is, is not someone probably who's going to get 
the plaudits of that he scored or, or got an assist or anything, but he's just still involved in absolutely everything with his new look haircut. Uh, looks slightly different, doesn't he, with, it, with his hair? But he's just a, a busy body and in, in people's faces and, and closing people down, causing mistakes. Again, like I said at the very top of the show, making it difficult for Man City because that's what you've got to do. If you let them d- dictate the game and do what they want, they'll steamroll you. And, and we've seen that far too many times. What, what was the, the tweet you asked me to do this morning? Uh, Andy Vyman scoring against Man City. It's 10 years since we last last beat them. I know we've not played them a few times because we, we were relegated, but how many times have we just written off the, the chance of Ice Man City? You know, no chance tonight. But how many times no longer that is that the case, past, I don't think. How many times in the past when we have beaten a top team, like a really elite team, and I'm not knocking this because it, it sometimes it has to be that way. Has it been kind of backs to the wall, smash and yeah, grab, yeah, so yeah. You can get on the break and that kind of thing? This was a super controlled performance from from start to finish. Um, so I think, I mean, back back on back on the topic of of Leon Bailey, I think some of his some of his footwork tonight was mesmerising in in tight yeah, space. Yeah. You think, blimey, that that that's that's just remarkable. Um, you know, there was a couple, a couple of the half chances fell to him, didn't they? Um, in the first half, and you think, you know, could he have done better with them? But he's making those runs. He's getting, he's getting in dangerous areas. Yeah. I think generally he's looking after the ball better than, better than he used to, and making yeah. better decisions. And like you said, what, what a nice luxury to have. Where when Bailey tires or gets a little knock towards the end. You've got quality in the shape of Musa Diaby. Likewise, you know when Telemans is is done towards the end of the game, we've got Jacob Ramsey back, and yeah, you know our, our bench now or our bench tonight, four or five players on that bench, you know, <laughs> we'd have dreamed of those players when we were in the Premier League previously, and now that's that's our squad, and we've said this time and time again that. That's the way you improve when your support cast has the quality to come on yeah. and influence games, whether that's defensively or offensively. That's when you can start to compete. Um, honestly, mate, I can't wait for Saturday. Uh, you know, I, I don't want the feeling from tonight to end, but I'm just buzzing for Saturday. Well, we said, didn't we, in the week that you know, how many points would we um, kind of be happy with, I guess, for, for these next two games? And I was, I'd have been fairly happy with a point from both, maybe two, two draws would be would be okay. You said you'd be disappointed with anything less than three, and I put that clip on social media this morning and got people saying, "Who's this idiot? Who does he think he is?" You've got your three points at least now, Matt. So you, you know you're not going to be disappointed this week, and uh, I don't think anyone will be with that. But we said that the the dynamic will be interesting. So I actually thought we'd beat Arsenal out of the two. I thought we might lose tonight and beat Arsenal was my uh, prediction. We said that the dynamic could be interesting if we were to win tonight. What does that mean for Arsenal? You've got like the, the one side of the argument that you've put everything in tonight and we falter on Saturday because of it, because we've put so much into it. Uh, what is the phrase that after the, the Lord's, Lord, Lord, Lord's Lord Mayor show, is it? Um, possibly some kind of element of that, if that's a phrase that still exists. The other side of it is, if you beat Man City, you can definitely beat Arsenal. They're not as good as them. Yes, they're top, but they're not as good as Man City overall. Um, you've got the, the atmosphere of everything that came with Wednesday, the momentum that comes with that to head into a Saturday tea time. Like everything is on that. Everyone's always will be on that game of a, a top of the t- top of the table clash, isn't it? There's, there's no two ways about it. Um, yeah, what side of the coin do you think it will fall on? The, the Lord's, Lord's Mayor show or the uh, super tasty atmosphere? I don't think it'll fall flat in terms of I don't think we'll be be found wanting. I think the performance level will will still be good, whether it's quite the level, you know, whether whether all, all your players get ten out of ten performances is is a different matter. Um I think we'll need to be at similar levels. Um but it's not beyond it's not beyond possibility for us to to do that and to to maintain it again. Um I'm really I'm really intrigued to what this season as in store, um, because starting the season, going as far as we could in Europe, going as far as we could in the domestic competitions, um, and qualifying for Europe again, I think mm. would have been would have been a, a reasonable level of expectation, you know. And uh, we're not in a title race; it's only the sixth <laughs> of December, but we maintain this level of form and. 
it's a massive if, isn't it? But imagine if in two months' time we've still been this competitive, our home record is still super strong, we're still picking up a lot of points along the way. You know, it could get to the stage where we almost expect to be nailed on Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a bit like Newcastle last year. You kind of thought, well, they're definitely going to be in, in and around the top four now because they're yeah. just so consistent. Probably around January, February, I suppose, you're starting to think, well, they're, they're probably nailed on for a top four. I think people think the same about Villa. So I think, you know, we don't, I know we've got the Mostar game still to get through, but we, you know, I think we'll, we'll beat them anyway. Um, we don't play in Europe again until March. So we've got between now and, and March to really kind of continue to put a run together. If you're still fourth come March, I think most people would say, well, Villa are probably going to finish in the top four because it would take probably quite a drop off to, you still could obviously drop off at that point in the season. We've seen it plenty of times before, haven't we? With Martin O'Neill, who was on the uh, the prime panel tonight, you get to March, April and, and lose every game and, and, and drop out of it. But that's not going to happen under an Emery. If we're still up and around it come that time of uh, the season, I think we'll, we'll see the job through. Um, just on the title thing very quickly and I'm not saying that we're in a title race it's just too early for that I've already said my piece on it I just don't think we've got what it takes to to put a, a consistent run together to win a title it's, it's a really difficult thing to do we saw Arsenal last year didn't we who uh, fell apart after being top for 300 days or whatever it was the comparison I wanted to make and this is obviously going to make it sound like I'm going to say we're in a title race it's to with uh, Leicester City in the year that they won it and I only remember this for a weird personal story in that, do you remember the game? I think it was around the end of January or the start of February in the year that they won the league. They went to Man City and won 2-1 or 3-1. I think Mara scored and everyone kind of, it was on TV. It was a, I think it was a lunchtime kickoff and everyone kind of sat up then and thought, ooh, okay, maybe Leicester are serious about this. Maybe they actually can do this. They've just beat Man City. Like, mate, this is like the turning point, I, I felt at least, uh, that they can maybe go on and do it this year. And I'm obviously not saying us beating Man City tonight means we're in a title race and this is the year we go on to win it. But there's something that from tonight there would be some kind of belief maybe to think, well, if we can do that there on the, what, 15th game of the season or whatever on, why can't we? finish fourth this year? Why can't we finish third if we put a serious run together? Why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? Does that maybe give us some kind of belief to go, well, if you can do it against Man City, the best team in the world, the best team in Europe, why can't you do it against X, Y and Z? And I know we've just come off the just a draw against Bournemouth and that's the way football goes. But just like setting the precedent for this is what can be achieved if everyone's at a 10 out of 10. Is this kind of that little turning point for Villa? I don't know because I don't. I don't. I think that belief was there within two days of him coaching the team at the start of last season, because they went kind of head to head and, and beat Manchester United and kind of got that kind of albatross off our backs, like twenty five, thirty years or whatever, whatever the record yeah, was yeah. of not beating them at Villa Park. So I think it's probably as much as. Listen, Villa will be be buzzing. The fan base obviously buzzing. The dressing room, Emery will be super proud that he's he's pulled that off off tonight. I think it's it's what it does for what the outside perception is. Mm. Yeah, yeah maybe. Well, I think people will think actually, Villa have, have dominated that game. Yeah, and I think if you only saw the, if they, you know when they flash up the results on Sky or BBC or whenever. If you didn't see any of the game, you just saw Villa one, Man City nil. You probably go, "Ah, oh, smash and grab." Like Villa maybe caught him on the counter, yeah. or you know, won a penalty or something. But if you actually watch the game and see any of that, uh, any of the metrics to go with the the stats of shots on target or xG or whatever, apart from possession, Villa dominated Man City across every metric you can imagine. So this wasn't a smash and grab, as obviously everyone watching this will know. But um, yeah, this is probably the one that we needed, along with Spurs, to be fair, for people who were maybe unsure about Villa or Emery's second season syndrome and all this nonsense we've heard from others of going, no, nah, Villa are the real deal. This is serious now. Villa are a proper, genuine top four contender. No, no doubt about it. Well, I've seen some remarkable stats. Um, oh, yeah. Unbelievable. In, in terms of the amount of shots shots that we had. Um, I don't think Man City had a corner, did they? Um, no. And... Uh, I'm just just thinking back to the second half when we obviously Bailey's got the goal, but we've also had the one where Dougie's had that one that looks like it's creeping in, comes back off yeah. the post. We've had McGinn when he stepped inside and slotted it just wide. We've had Dougie denied by Edison, um, close range, haven't we as well? 
You know, that's yeah. probably in, in a 15-minute spell in the second half. And that was relentless. It was kind of charge after charge after charge after charge. I, actually, I don't know whether when Man City have ever faced that many charges, mate, to be honest. But... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Nice. Oh, I've burnt myself out now. Where I was say, we? you've, you've lost your point there, haven't you? Just you mentioned a couple of... You mentioned a couple of good stats uh, from Opta. Aston Villa had 13 shots against Man City at the half-time break, the most ever faced by a Pep Guardiola team in the first half of a match in Europe's five big leagues, tonight being his 535, 535th game. Uh, I also saw that his two shots that Haaland had or two shots that Man City had overall is the lowest that he's ever had in the game I think in the Premier League at least I think before that it was four so we've halved uh, the amount of shots that they've had uh, as a a lowest total Um, and another one I've seen I haven't got it in front of me specifically in terms of numbers but it's our best start to a league campaign since 1981 if anyone remembers what happened that year I'm not not quite sure It's it's mad, isn't it? It's just it's just remarkable. And I'm just thinking back to to during the game. I think it was in, in the first half. Man City looked shocked. I think a little bit. I know they come off off a, a poor run of form by by their standards, but they looked a little bit shell shocked. And when you're seeing, I mean, I like John Stones. I think he's one of the one of the the best players in the league. I think he's a class yeah. act. Whether he plays centre half or whether he plays in midfield, but you know, I don't think he could could even get on the ball. Um, or not not get on the ball in an effective way tonight. And he, there's one moment in the first half where he's tried to cross turn near near the uh, near the whole ten byline and, and stuck it straight out of play. And then there's another moment five minutes later where kind of Phil Foden's done a, a kind of air kick at the back post. I think, and it, this is like, you know, listen, footballers make mistakes, but we don't expect this from from Manchester City, who, who can be kind of quite like machine like in a way in the way they steamroll the teams, but. Villa did that to them. Villa denied them that space. Villa maintained that intensity. Yeah. Um, and I think I said said in the podcast that we did the other day, Dan, that <laughs> this is proper delusions of grandeur and complacency and getting ahead of myself. But almost kind of winning at Villa Park has come, is coming so easy easy to us that can we find that other notch with the, with the support of the crowd and with the atmosphere can we find that to really compete against the elite? And we we stepped up and we 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 rose to that challenge as well today. Yeah. So we just seem to find a way of rising to challenges. Um, and long may it continue. Oh, you love this, don't you? I see that little smirk on your face for those that are only listening. Uh, I will say very quickly, we're 25 minutes into obviously a live stream on YouTube only. Uh, it's a thousand people watching just gone midnight as we go into Thursday. There'll be thousands more listening or watching to this on the, the rest of Thursday and heading up to that Arsenal game on the weekend. Uh, we'll have plenty more content between now and Saturday because I, I just think we just have to keep going. Uh, it's just so much fun to talk about Aston Villa in any any regard, whether it's a combined 11 with Man City or a, a Q&A or a preview or whatever it is. Everything that's Aston Villa at the moment is, is just a joy and it's the best, as you said before, this is probably the best, one of the best teams you've seen in your lifetime. And obviously, you're older than me, so the same goes for me as well. But I've always said about like the O'Neill era being being my favourite. Dean Smith giving me so many great memories as well, but obviously a totally different thing, promotion for the championship. Unai Emery and what he's done at Villa in just, just over a year, you really do believe that this is the beginning of a great chapter for this football club rather than just a flash in the pan of it being, ah, well, it's six months worth of good results, but let's see where they are in a year or two. The the, the genuinely feels like there's something special happening here. And whether it's Champions League qualification this year or or silverware or a title race or whatever it is, this only feels like the beginning of something rather than, okay, well, it's good now, but it'll probably fall off soon. Yeah. When we said earlier in in this conversation about... And we still needs to kind of rubber stamp this with Champions League qualification or a trophy or, or whatever it might be. I want that to happen. Obviously, I do because I'm greedy. I'm a Villa fan, and we, you know, success has been, <laughs> you know, it hasn't been a regular thing in the in the last few decades. But I think we need it to happen because I imagine the narrative after this, you know, as people kind of pour over it on. You know the pundits on Sky and on Talksport and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and in in the newspapers and I think what the narrative will probably start to be is oh 
I know they've won tonight, but Eric Ten Hag's under pressure. Wouldn't Unai Emery be brilliant mm-hmm. at, a, at a big football club like Manchester United? It wouldn't surprise me if the closer we get to Manchester City f- facing their trial date and talk about Pep leaving in a couple of years, that he's kind of anointed as the, the next successor for Pep. And and that, that's just England, you know, and then there's going to be <laughs> big, big jobs across Europe. But again, you know, I'm a Villa fan, so I'm obviously biased, but don't talk us down. You know, we're a massive football club. We've come from nowhere in the last three or four years after a really bleak time to, with shrewd decision-making, whether that was, you know, whether that was appointing Dean Smith at the time when we when we needed to, whether that was sacking Stephen Gerrard at the time when we needed to. Certainly, that was appointing Unai Emery. <laughs> Don't, you know, and I can understand it. I can understand why elite managers get linked with the theoretically the biggest jobs, but he's got work to do here. He's got, he's got work to do here and he's got the foundations and the platform and the board and a fan base who are completely invested in it and a squad. And that's not just the first team. That's a squad who are completely Mm -hmm. invested in it. He's been given the authority and the trust to, to try and build out this football club beyond what the first team does. Um, So, Everybody can link link him to whoever they want. You know, I feel sorry for the rest of the rest of football that they don't have Unai Emery. We do, and we, we're desperate to keep him because we know what he can do, and we know that he's got the perfect perfect laboratory conditions to make that happen here. Um, so keep your bloody hands off him. We've spoken about this before, most tongue in cheek over various Q and A's and things we've done. Of obviously, we what you've just said about Unai Emery is, is spot on, and we feel the same, and we felt the same for. I've lost you, Dan. You're there. Am I still on? Oh, Dan's gone. I'm on my own. Am I? It's a, it's a big monologue. <laughs> I'm stressed. I don't know what to say. Come back. Actually, actually, folks, I probably shouldn't be dipping in with this because it's been a, a successful night and I don't want to be, be a massive moaner. But the referee tonight, I think it was... Um, I didn't notice him first half because I don't know. I was probably probably too busy eulogising about John McGinn throughout the first half. But second half, I just found him so pernickety, if that's a word. Just kind of, I don't know. I just think he he he, he seemed to let let go some really kind of obvious daunting not, not daunting some obvious blatant fouls um, on our guys, particularly Ollie Watkins. I think down by the Trinity Road touchline then pulled us up on some really, really um, stupid, harmless fouls. Um, who's that? Oh, I'm just reading some of, some of the um, some of the things here. Ivor Biggin, superb ref, never lost with him in our games. I think he did our best to uh, he did our best to change that one today. Um, yeah, Bailey was Bailey was chopped chopped down as well. Both of me a sec. I've got a message from Dan. Hang on, hold the line, Dan. It's my Wi-Fi that's gone down. Yeah, we're aware of that, Dan. Even my 4G is no good if you can keep talking. Bloody hell, he's asking a, asking a lot of me now. Danny Bland, soup chat. Um, no soup tonight, Danny, I'm afraid. Um, I'll tell you what you can do. I need to be reminded to put the bins out um, when I'm done. Danny Bland, give us a song. What's the score going to be against Arsenal? I said, um, this is Shaney 1981, the score against Arsenal. I said on... Um, on Monday, I think we did the podcast or yesterday, that three points, I, I wanted a minimum of three points. And I think as Dan said, I got a bit of a battering on Twitter by kind of having delusions of grandeur and being a bit excited, uh, a bit overexcited. But I don't know. I, I can't say I want a minimum of six. Well, I can say I want a minimum of six points. So I expect us to avoid defeat on Saturday. Uh, and like I said earlier, anything like... I think we can do it. I think we can we, we can we can beat Arsenal. And I think that creates a really interesting interesting thoughts in my own mind about what we're capable of. But um I think it, it starts to really kind of put us put us in the minds of, of the teams around us that, that we're more than just an irritant, that we that we could be could be around to, to really try and shake things up. But like I said, let's let's uh let's uh just uh, bask in the glory of this one before we, we get too worried about the next one. Matt, is the RB ever getting in the team again? Uh, keep going Q&A. I think it's nice problems to have, isn't it? You know, I think I think we've, we've said this before, that I think Bailey, Bailey has obviously stepped up 
massively. I think he's become a more responsible team player. I think, you know, I think, like I said, his footwork tonight was was magnificent and he's obviously conjured up the winning goal. But I think having Diaby there as a presence breathing down his neck um, has been, has probably been the thing that's that's kicked him on. And to have that option that one of them can can play and for, for 60, 70 minutes, but then when their legs begin to tire, we've got, got fresh blood to bring the other one on. It's just nice problems to have. And I don't want to get into the habit of of digging out some of our former players because they've served us well. If you look at the likes of El Ghazi and Trezeguet, and I know Troy is still with us, but the upgrade that we've undergone in recent years in that position um, in itself just shows, epitomises the upgrade that we've gone gone across the pitch. Top four or a cup win or win a cup this year? I'm just, I'm still an old, I'm, I'm an old man, aren't I? So I still want us to, uh, I still want us to have something shiny. Um, both, let's, let's be greedy. Let's have both. I think it's, I think it's possible. I think we can go all the way um, in the conference league. I think we've, with the exception of, um, you know, the the first Warsaw game, I think we've we've managed to to navigate that. You know, with some of our, our, our understudies and, and do that well. I think we can go all the way in that. I really hope that we do. <sighs> Top four, it's 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 mad, isn't it? It's mad that we're even having this discussion. But yeah, both reflect on the journey from relegation to this moment, Matt. It's interesting because I saw saw some quotes from um from from Dean Smith that he gave gave to, to Matt Matt Law from the Telegraph. Um just talking about kind of how proud he was that the, the core of this team, uh, but you know, the core of his team, or how can I phrase it? Some of, <laughs> I'm just gibbering now. I wish Dad had come back. Dean Smith saying that how proud he was that some of the team that he that he put together were able to step up and, and achieve this level. Um, and I think you know probably John McGinn is the one who epitomises that tonight. He was in my mind the best midfielder. On the pitch, um, most of his competition came from his fellow teammates in, in, in Claret and Blue. But if you look at the journey that that he's gone on, you know, you look at players like Esri Konza, who's now well, nearly an England international, got got the call up in the in the in the last squads, and you look at Ollie Watkins, who's well on his way to becoming our record Premier League scorer. These were players who were either playing, you know, in John McGinn's case, were playing in the, in the the SPL and then in the Championship for Aston Villa. I think it's I think it's remarkable. I think it's remarkable, and and some of the quality that we've that we've added around the edges. Um, yeah. So the journey the journey from relegation to here, I still can't. Uh, you know, uh, I can't I can't believe that it's happened so quickly. Um, I think it's like I said said earlier in terms of. Emery having the perfect laboratory conditions to um, to to thrive at Aston Villa, I think it's a, a credit to to the ownership that they, they've been able to to do that. Um, you know, going talking about relega- relegation and that that playoff final against Fulham, where you know there was talk of us kind of unpaid tax bills, and Dan's going to be wondering what I'm, what I'm ranting on about here because I'm, I'm I'm going going way back into the uh, the past, but. How close we were to the brink, um, and then to have um, Nasif Sawiris and Wes Edens kind of re- not only rescue us from the brink, but run the football club in a way that they've been owners who are prepared to invest and and, and back, but but not interfere. Uh, and I think that's a brilliant leadership and management from them. That whether it's been low as the the CEO previously um, to the kind of Emery. Emery taking control of lots of matters. They they have a trust in the people around them, um, and rather than you know we've seen it, we've seen it at, at, at lots of football clubs where where owners want to come in and make kind of Hollywood signings or, or make Hollywood managerial appointments, uh, and it doesn't necessarily end that well. So I think I think that's 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 probably the biggest tribute that I can pay them that. They just haven't interfered. They've tried to make good appointments and and trust the people who they've put in those positions. Steve Webster, tell us about the pies. I'm filling in, Dan. Are you back? I'll just go to bed. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm exhausted. 
I'm so sorry. It's normally you that have all these problems, so this is weird for me. You've just done 10 minutes on your own, by the way, so fair play. Can we have a round of applause? I wouldn't thank me. I'd thank, thank the poor people who are listening, who have given me some okay. inspiration to just waffle on in the comments. So uh, I will uh, yeah. I will edit some of that down for those of who are, are listening to the fact of this tomorrow to get rid of some of the pauses. Obviously, we've talked about Emery a lot, haven't we, and how much we love him. We've been saying that for, for six months, 10 months, however long he's been here. It's been, oh, he's pretty good, isn't he? We, we want to keep this guy. Obviously, he's on a, a long-term contract anyway, and the longest contract that we've ever given to a manager, as far as I'm aware, which is probably, what, a five-year deal or something, maybe. Uh, so he came in 2022. So say he's got a contract to 26 or 27. Given what he's done over the last year, do you give him a new deal? Do you just give him bumper, you know, bumper pay rise or whatever, just to give him that that confidence behind him to say, yeah, look, this is how much you mean to us. Here's another big deal. Or, or is that not really worth it? I think you probably... <laughs> Listen, is everybody is motivated by money to a certain degree, but I think Emery, Emery, I think it was really important for Emery to rebuild his reputation in this country because across Europe, you know, he was already a respected figure. I think, you know, I think he became a bit of a meme at Arsenal. Uh, yeah, I think he got a really tough, kind of impossible job at Arsenal anyway, uh, in terms of the time that he went in there. So, I think. He is grateful and values the fact that that Aston Villa have been the ones who have, have given him that chance to to not only kind of rewrite his reputation but enhance it massively. So I think that in itself, I'm not saying that that would stave off any interest from from you know other football clubs, but I think that in itself engenders the sense of, of loyalty. The fact that he has been given you know an element of control. Um, in terms of football matters and in terms of bringing bringing in the people he trusts uh i think will go go a long way he's not he's not a stupid man far from it i think he will know that he 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 might not at other football clubs get this get this level of control yeah, um yeah. so in terms of do you entice him to stay by giving him a bumper new contract yeah i think i think you but you're probably giving that as a reward rather than as rather than as an incentive, because, you know, I, I don't know, I'd love to have been privy to the conversations that, that he had with the owners when they, they did the kind of um, selling job on him. And I think, you know, a lot was made of it that was, it was Nassif Sawiris, wasn't it? I think who, who was supposed to put in a lot of the groundwork with him. But I can't imagine that he's fallen short of what he was asked to do. Um, I can imagine he was asked to to save Aston Villa from from relegation in the in in the first season. I think he'd probably done that within his first eight weeks, um, <laughs> to be honest. But so yes, I do think I, I throw whatever whatever he wants at it in terms of his own his own personal terms. But I don't think that that will be the deciding factor. I think the deciding factor will be: Can I achieve things with his football club? Can I win as much and you know, compete as much that I don't need to, to cast an envious glance, glance elsewhere because I've got the, you know, I've got the scale of investment. I've got the the, the control of, of the football club. I've got the support of the board. I've got the love of the fan base. I think those are things that are going to be just as important to him as another couple of noughts on his paycheck, really. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've given him a lot, haven't we? And you say we've given him an element of control. He basically runs the show, doesn't he? And you know, he's got his scouts with him. He's got Vidigani there. He's got Monchi. He's got Alex Moreno and, and any other signings he wanted over the summer. Uh, we've done this partnership deal thing with Raul Union over there that he's family owned. There's no bigger show of confidence than that, is it, that we're investing as you as a as a person and as a family as well. Um, yeah, it's a, I don't think you can do much more to, to show him how much we mean, but in football terms, giving someone a new contract when they've done well is a pretty standard thing to do, isn't it? So maybe, maybe at the end of the season, if we finish top four or something, you then give him an improved deal. Uh, an improved deal. Then. My only other thing that I wanted to talk about before we go, I mean, we've been recording 47 minutes, but I've only been here for 37, so I'm happy to do another 10 minutes. Um, Why don't you do 10 on your own? <laughs> oh, no, I couldn't have done what you've just done. Although I've not seen what you've just done, so maybe I've oh my. <laughs> Just chop it all out. <laughs> Obviously, Arsenal then on the weekend. Uh, we've come a long way, haven't we, from the Stephen Gerrard days of saying, uh, oh, you know, these teams would come to Villa Park and wipe the floor with us. Uh, we've just beat Man City. We can make it 15 wins in a row at Villa Park this Saturday evening. Uh, this was the game that I put down of the two that I thought was winnable. You know, they conceded three goals to Luton. Yes, they, they seem to find a knack of scoring a last minute winner. Uh, it's been a couple of times this season they've done that. Um, 
but I genuinely think we can beat beat Arsenal as well. And if we are talking about six points in a week and three at three at Spurs and one at Bournemouth and ten points from those games and the win in Europe as well, uh, that would be some testament for, to what Villa have done over the last month or so and, and their credentials for a top four place, title race, whatever you want to call it. Um, what do you make of that game Saturday now? Are you are you going for six points? Do you think that's genuinely doable now? I think I've already answered that, Dan, if you'd have been listening. Um, Sorry. Five minutes ago. Um, yeah, I was just saying that I don't think we'll lose, to be honest. Um, I think we're more than capable of winning it. I think we need to match the intensity levels and the quality levels that we've shown. Um, I don't think Arsenal will necessarily fancy it. Um, you know, they'll be buzzing at kind of getting out of jail, getting out of jail at, at Luton um, with the way that that one panned out. But um, yeah, I don't think we'll lose. I don't think we'll lose. Um, I wouldn't, I don't want to be too cocky and too confident to say that we'll win. Um, but you take that, wouldn't you? You take that point. Yeah, I think so. It's a bit like the Bournemouth and Spurs thing, isn't it? If you'd got a point tonight and then beat Arsenal, you'd say that's really good because you've you've won tonight. If you only got a point on Saturday, you might think that was a little bit dis- disappointing. But I also agree. I don't think we'll lose. I think I, I still think we'll win. I've got this weird feeling that we'll beat them as well, and that'll be absolutely massive. There's a weird like narrative around the game, isn't there? You know, Emery coming back to Arsenal. Like we've done Arsenal a favour tonight, but we can really put the foot in. I put the boot in by by beating them as well on Saturday and going, yeah, well, we, we did you a favour in the week, getting you out of jail with your last-minute winner at Luton. We beat Man City for you. And you've got to come to our place and we'll beat you as well. The atmosphere will be a massive, massive factor as well. I thought it was I thought it was bouncing tonight. Mm. I thought... Um, it's the same again, won't it, Saturday? Saturday tea time. Yeah, I thought, I thought you know, sometimes you get the kind of halt-starting halt things and then the, the North Stand will start bits of it. I thought as close as 40... Odd thousand people can be in unison. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was was great tonight. Um, I, I don't. Know. I'm I'm such a kind of pessimist, Dan, and I'm such a, a kind of cautious kind of kind of fella normally that my mind can't bring me to think what would happen if we'd win. Because <laughs> I think if we if we won on Saturday, my mind would start thinking, "Crap, we're in we're in in the thick of it now. We're in a title race," and that that already opens me up you know i've already always said the analogy haven't i about i don't open my christmas presents till the uh till about five to midnight because <laughs> they're always disappointing they're always better wrapped up and i think it's i don't want to i don't want to face the fact that we're good because if i start to believe that we're good and really good i'll just i'll be dreading when we get we lose and that's a pathetic <laughs> thing to say um and but I said to um, I did say to the, the bloke sitting next to me and, the, and 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 his lad that this is the moment we got to we do have to enjoy this because this this mm. doesn't come round this doesn't come round very often. Like I said, I'm a really old man and this is close to the best thing that that I've seen in my life of supporting Aston Villa. Um, people of your the kids of today, people of your generation. When I'm very lucky to still be in the kids of today, by the way. Yeah, the, the youth of today, when a playoff final victory over Derby County, as exciting yeah, as a brilliant yeah. day as that was, if that's the heights of what you've seen, you've got to got to pay attention to to every every last moment of this because you know I think I think we're witnessing something something special. I think we're witnessing witnessing I say witnessing history. We need to win something, don't we? We need to achieve something for that to be the case, but. In terms of what we're witnessing with our eyes, the standard of football, um, the control that we exert over games, the improvement that we're seeing from from footballers, um, the style of football that we're playing, this is this is kind of groundbreaking and pioneering, as far as I can see from being a from being a Villa fan. So, although I try and hold a little bit of little, little bit of myself back because I don't want the rug to be pulled and to suffer this disappointment, I'm still kind of old enough and wise enough to think. We're witnessing something, something that that we should be really, really proud of. Mm, yeah, absolutely, and I think that's pretty much a, a good place to end it. Although one final question to you and to the comments as well, which I, I do apologise, I've not read any, any specific ones out this evening or flashed any on screen. Slow I've spent ten minutes people. reading them, mate. Don't worry. How did you? Okay, good. I thought, yeah. What else would you have been doing when you were sat on your own? Um, still over a thousand people watching at, at half past midnight now. No, no one dropped off, Matt, in that that ten minute period that you did. So <laughs> I think there was. I must have gone as well. <laughs> the question to the comments. I will read some of these if uh, enough people get involved. And the question to you, Matt: How do you think Little John Townley's holding up this evening? 
when Traore scored that goal against Leicester to uh, almost send us into Europe, he was basically in tears on the podcast. What's he been up to tonight, do you reckon? <sighs> Who knows? We're little John Townley, you know. I'm, I'm going to have a word with him for, for not for giving Kamara less than a, less than a 10, to be honest, if any of his, <laughs> any of his players have got less than that. Bless him. You know, he's he's. I've been lucky enough to to sit in that chair as the as the Villa reporter for the club that you love, and that you know if you, that's the career path you've taken. He's come to him quite young, um, but again, you know, he's 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 able to to report on 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 something that that you know not many of his predecessors have been able to to, to witness anything like this. So I should imagine he's, he's buzzing, blessing, but I should also know, given the way that we we demand graft from him, he probably hasn't had much time to to step away from his keyboard to to savor it. Yeah, bless him. Let's hope he's let's hope he's uh giving ten out of ten player ratings on Saturday night as well. Yeah, there's a couple of comments laughing at Little John, which I think it might be a nickname that, that sticks now. Also, very quickly, this is such a stupid point to bring up. Fifty five minutes into this, clean sheet. Kind of overlooked that. We talk, obviously talked at the start about Man City being limited to shots. I mean, one uh, two, you know, one moment from Haaland with two efforts in it with the double save. But you know, we've kind of talked about the elusive clean sheet for Villa and for Martinez. Wouldn't have put down it as a prediction for Villa to get it against Man City, would you? That's, I've, some, I've totally overlooked that. It's such an obvious thing because we've only won 1-0, but clean sheet's massive. Yeah, it's, I don't know why my, my mind's gone to this, but did, didn't, didn't we get a kind of nil-nil against them under Remy, Remy Guard? <laughs> yeah, was it his first game? Keep a cliche in his first go, I think. But that that was slightly less controlled performance and more of a back back to the wall performance, if I remember. But just on that Martinez double save, he wasn't offside for the second one, was he? Harland, he looked like he stepped uh, back on from an offside position. But I don't think the flag went up, did he? No, I think he was onside, but I, I couldn't say for definite. I was amazed that I thought he'd still be on the floor from the first one, Martinez. No, he so how he's left up and, and got across to to do that. Um, yeah, it was a it was a it was a, a, a well deserved clean sheet, and you know it's it's mad, isn't it? Because some of the goals that have been scored at the top end of the table in well in recent nights or, or yeah. recent days. So, but the fact that that Villa, I always back us to score. I always back us to score under Emery, um, and that having that solid platform tonight. Not that we were threatened. We weren't even threatened very often. Uh-huh. It's mad. it's mad, isn't it? Absolutely mad. Let's call it a, a night there then, or an early morning, I guess. Uh, thank you so much for everyone who stuck with us during my internet problems. For some reason, my, my mobile data has held up better than my home Wi-Fi for the last 15 minutes or so. I did open another tab to check Twitter and everything went to a bit of a standstill, so I'll quickly close that down. Uh, Matt, thank you very much for filling in. Uh, very much appreciated, although you literally couldn't stop the stream without me coming back in, so you really didn't have much choice but to just keep winging it. Well, when you go back to edit it for the for the podcast ver- version, you'll you'll find real moments of panic. When I uh, I think I beg for you to return at one stage because I'm a bit of a mess, <laughs> but uh, I've done my best anyway. Well, I might have to leave most of that in because when am I going to edit that now? It's half midnight, so I might have to leave it as is. I'll try and tidy it up if I can. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching along live. If you're watching this, obviously, on Thursday or Friday after the fact, uh, apologies for the YouTube version is an absolute state, uh, but hopefully the Spotify and iTunes, etc., is a lot more tidy. Just quickly, for those that have listened to the very end, iTunes reviews is something I'm after. I want a little push on that, if possible. Our last iTunes review was like a year ago. People watch the podcast, listen to the podcast regularly, and we've got loads of listeners. But it'd be nice if people can just scroll down and leave us a, a review with a little comment. Uh, those things kind of help the podcast reach a new audience. So I'm told. Uh, so if yeah, you leave first review, review that like, nice. The first review would be who's that wobbly mess talking to himself for ten minutes? For instance, I don't yeah iTunes views very much appreciated Uh, Matt thanks for your time as always thanks everyone for watching Uh, we'll be back with possibly another video on Thursday if not it'll be the Inside Body More preview show for Arsenal on Friday Uh, me and John are going to do that live because obviously we play Saturday so there's very little time between the press conference and the match and that'll probably be 6 or 7pm on Friday evening we'll do it live and we'll preview the Arsenal game with an opposition reporter and all those kind of things Um, so thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll see you in a couple of days 